The flesh leads to decay. The flesh leads to destruction. Dr. Tony Evans, talking about our life choices. But those who sow to the Spirit reap eternal life. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. There's a law in physics that states for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Although that's primarily considered a physical law, its truth carries over to the spiritual realm as well and can be simply expressed as choices have consequences. Today, Dr. Evans talks about the eternal consequences of the momentary choices we make. Let's join him as he begins. All of us, to varying degrees, have made choices we would have preferred not to make. Maybe even carrying some of the ongoing repercussions of those choices. Conversely, choices we're glad we made. When it comes to our standing before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, what will matter will be choices. And to help us out in this life and in the life to come, the Apostle Paul writes about choices. Whatever a man sows, whatever anyone sows, that he also reaps. If you plant cabbage, you get cabbage. You don't get oranges. When it comes to living life, you must look at your life as a seed that is planted and that is going to produce whatever is planted. There are only two fields of life. There are only two plots of ground you can sow your life on. Only two. There's no third option. One option, he says, you sow to the flesh. The other option is you sow to the spirit. So he's talking to Christians because Christians have the spirit. He says, you sow to one of these or the other. So let's define them. Your flesh is your unredeemed humanity that seeks to please self independently of God. Your flesh is your unredeemed humanity that seeks to please self rather than pleasing God. That is, when I have to choose between what God wants and what I want, I choose me. That's flesh. That is to satisfy oneself independently of God. Conversely, the spirit is our redeemed humanity that seeks to please God over and against ourselves, So that when I have to choose between God and me, I choose God and not me. So that is the distinction between flesh and spirit. So these are two specifically distinct realities. Now, to understand these realities, you have to understand they don't get along. Galatians 5 says the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. This is an offensive line and a defensive line and they are against each other. Okay. The victory over the flesh 
doesn't come because you change the flesh into the spirit. The victory over the flesh comes because the spirit gets to override the flesh. He doesn't cancel it. That's when you get to heaven. But he will override it. Okay? And what overrides our unredeemed humanity? Choice. Here it is. God will not make the choice for you. Let me say that again. God will not make the choice for you. He will tell you what the choice ought to be. But he will not make the choice for you. He made us free moral agents within his sovereign boundaries, of course. But he has said, these are my boundaries, but on the field of play called life, you get to choose. And you can choose for me or against me. He gave Adam and Eve the boundary, but he says, it's your choice. I'm going to tell you what the rule is, but you can buck it. So what you have to understand is that choice matters because you get to make it. What the Holy Spirit does is empower the right choice, but he does not make the choice. You must make the choice and the role of the spirit is to empower the choice that you made when the choice is in agreement with God. When the choice is not in agreement with God, there is no spirit to help you. The flesh is such a natural part of our birth. So we gravitate to what pleases us because sin is always pleasurable. So it makes itself easily to be fed on. It's sweets, okay, without nutritional value, but it's good to taste. So it's like the donut shop, you know? You ever had donuts in the microwave? It's non-beneficial, but it tastes real good, okay? So that's how our choice for sin that we've all faced at different levels at different times to varying degrees affects us. So when we make the choice, The flesh gravitates to the choice and wants to expand the choice until now you lose the ability to choose. It's choosing you. See, what many Christians do is visit the spirit. They don't walk in the spirit. See, those are not the same thing. See, Sunday is a spirit visit. That's not a spirit walk. Walk in the Bible means lifestyle. It's how you're, when you're walking, that's how you're rolling. I mean, that's your movement. That's your normal. All, all of you remember different strokes who, baby boomers, you remember different strokes. Arnold and Willis, these are two boys from the hood who wind up living with Mr. Drummond in the burbs, okay? The comedic aspect of different strokes was they brought their hood with them. And so it it was comedy to see Mr. Drummond try to make these two young boys from the ghetto more sophisticated because they've been so used to operating in this other realm. What happens is the world is full of flesh 
And so when we are operating in that realm, uh, God is trying to show us a whole nother way of operating. But if we don't move there and live there, rather than just visit there, it won't become a normalized way of operating. That's why parents, you don't just want to bring your kids to church. You want to create an atmosphere in the home where they keep bumping into a Christian worldview as a lifestyle so they are walking in it and not just visiting it, okay? So it is the Spirit's goal to dominate, to take over, to become the normalized way of operating, and the Spirit is God's perspective on a matter. God's perspective on a matter is what the Spirit deals with. That's why the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, which infuses our human spirit, calls it the Spirit of Truth, because it will only operate on biblical information. It won't operate on non-biblical perspectives, okay? So if it's against God's Word, the Spirit shuts down. It won't operate. It will only operate on truth, which is why you need to, your first question needs to say, what does God say about this? What does God think about this? Well, how does God feel about this? What does God want with that? That should be your first question because then you know which way to go and which choice to make, even if your emotions have to catch up to the choice. Because a lot of times your emotions, the flesh, won't want the choice. Okay? So, he says that he who sows to the flesh will reap destruction. The flesh leads to decay. The flesh leads to destruction. The flesh takes you south. It may not start out that way, but when it's finished with you, you're going down. But those who sow to the spirit reap eternal life. When you sow to the flesh then you're going to reap decay. You're going to reap negative consequences. Now, it's the interesting thing about what you reap because when you plant it, you know what you planted, but you don't know how big it's going to come up. You can plant a watermelon seed and get a small watermelon. You can plant a watermelon seed and get a huge watermelon. You can't define its scope and size. All you're defining is what it is. All of us knows what it is to get consequences much bigger than we expected. We expect it to be this big, this long, or this deep because we don't control that. You control what is reaped, but you don't control how many ears of corn are going to be on that stalk. So he says, but if you sow to the spirit, you will reap eternal life. And Dr. Evans will break down exactly what that means when he returns in just a moment. First, though, he's been teaching today from his series, The Judgment Seat of Christ. This in-depth eight-part collection explores what the Bible has to say about the coming day of accountability and will help you to live life differently with a deeper passion and commitment to the things of God as you anticipate the rewards that come with a life aligned with Christ. Today's the final lesson from this series, and that means it's the final day we'll be offering a special package that includes all the full-length versions of these messages, along with Tony's insightful booklet, Winning Your Spiritual Battles. If you contact us today and make a donation to the Ministry of the Alternative, we'll say thanks by sending you the special bundle of helpful resources. Just visit TonyEvans.org or give us a phone call at 
800-3222 to make the arrangements. I'll repeat that information later on. In the meantime, stay with us. Dr. Evans will return with more of today's message right after this. It was my first time meeting Jesus in the Bible. That's what one student is saying after studying Bibliology through the Tony Evans Training Center, taught by renowned theologian, Dr. Tony Evans. These online courses feature compelling and exclusive video and audio teaching, plus an interactive scripture-based curriculum you can access online or through the mobile app. Sign up now at TonyEvansTraining.org. Take a course with Dr. Evans and explore the kingdom anytime, anywhere. TonyEvansTraining.org. Let's talk about eternal life. Eternal life is not, first of all, discussing how long you live. Everybody lives forever. Once you are born, you are given an eternal soul. Your soul is your person. Your person, you are who you are, not because of your body. Your body houses your life. Your life is your soul. So you are your soul. Only reason you know you're here today is because you have a soul. Once the soul leaves, the body is dead and you have a funeral because the body can't function without the life and the life is the soul. So Jesus defined eternal life. John 17, 3, he says, this is eternal life that they may know you and me whom you have sent. What is eternal life? It is experiencing God. When you accept Christ, there is life. But that doesn't tell us the kind of Christian you're going to be. That has to do with choices. So when the choices are made, that affects the life because it affects the crop. And the crop is eternal life. And eternal life is how much God you get to experience. God doesn't want to waste his glory. So he will only put in you what he knows your capacity is to receive. So if he knows that you aren't much in terms of walking in the spirit, he's not going to let you experience much because he don't want to waste his glory. But the Christian that's the 16 ouncer and not the 8 ouncer is going to get more God experience than the 8 ouncer because they got a container that can handle more. The 32-ouncer is going to get more than the 16-ouncer and the 8-ouncer because they can handle more. So if you look at another Christian and say, oh, my goodness, God's all over them. Why can't I have God all over me? Their cup is bigger. And because their cup is bigger, they can now receive more of experiencing God than a Christian who is just going through the motions. Maybe they go to church, but there is no dynamic walking in the spirit, no dynamic sowing spiritually. You know, I've said it another way. If you bring a thimble to the Pacific Ocean, you're only going to get a thimble worth the Pacific. If you bring a glass to the Pacific Ocean, you'll get more than a thimble, but you won't get more than a glass. If you bring a, a bucket to the Pacific, you'll get more than a glass and more than a thimble, but you're not going to get more than a bucket. If you bring barrel to the Pacific, you're going to get more than a thimble, more than a glass, more than a bucket, but not more than a barrel. If you bring a tanker to the Pacific, you're going to get more than a barrel, more than a bucket, more than a glass, more than a thimble, but you're not going to get more than the tanker because the Pacific it can do so much more, but you can't handle much more. So our experience of God's involvement, intervention, answered prayer, deliverance, healing, it could be any number of things, but God's 
work in our lives will be tied to the scope of his glory that we can contain, which is tied to choices. And whether those choices are sowing to the spirit or pleasing the flesh at the expense of the spirit. And so he says he gives eternal life. You sow a thought, you reap an act. You sow an act, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, you reap a destiny. And so, do you want a life on decline or a life on incline? Now, there's probably very few people here who have no regrets at all. There may be a few, but, but very few that, that wish they, that they hadn't said that, done that, been there, gone there, you know, whatever it happens to be. But now you know what the law is. And, and it can't be changed. It's, it's, it's the way the law works. It's the way the law works. But he does help us here. Let us not lose heart. To lose heart means to become discouraged. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. He says, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. That's what losing heart means or feigning exhausted to the point of giving up. And then he introduces a concept. He introduces the concept of due season. The point of due season means appointed time, opportune moment, a kairos moment. That is a time of divine intersection. That's where God intersects with your life to bring about his purpose and will. He says, while you are waiting on God, because you're now sowing good seed, you're waiting on God to intervene. You're waiting on God to turn something around. You're waiting on God to correct something. You're waiting on God to help you through something. Why? Because now you have decided to shift what you're planting and the soil on which you are planting. You're now planting on the spirit. You say, okay, flesh, I didn't give you all I'm going to give you. I make the choice. Now, the spirit's job is to help you apply the choice you made. He won't make the choice, but he empowers the right choice. I'm going to now choose to do this. I am now going to choose to make it normative for me to appeal to the spirit and not the flesh. He says, "What if you've made that decision, don't get weary. Why? Why does he have to tell us not to get weary? Because it can get hard making that choice. It can get hard making that choice to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because you may have to go against your history, your background, your mama, your daddy, your race, your culture. You may have to go against a lot of things, and that can be a little tiring. If the really spiritual people here would tell you the truth, they tell you it, it can get tiring being a Christian. Especially if you're a consistent one. So he says, you, you, you don't get weary because if you sow the right seed, watch this now, while you're waiting on God, whatever God's going to do with your unique situation, because everybody's situation is unique, while you're waiting on God, I don't want you to quit, but I do want you to work. Amen. Ah, and he calls the work 
doing good. He used that word good a lot from verse 6 on. He says, I want you to do good. The word good in the Greek means to be beneficial. While you're waiting on God, work to the benefit of others. While you're waiting on God, I don't want you just sitting in a chair, being passive. I want you working and I want you working, one, to make sure the word is taught, verse 6. Two, as you have opportunity through just moving around in life, when you can be a benefit to somebody else, take advantage of that. And then he says in verse 10, especially the household of faith, that's your ministry to the church. God didn't, God didn't save you to sit soaking sour. He didn't ask you to join and worship selfish, but worship service. He wants every member of his church serving the body of Christ and then doing good as they have generic opportunity in the world. And when he sees you are sowing in the right ground with the right seed and you are benefiting others with your life, you have helped shorten the time for your Kairos moment, for your opportune time. Some of us are saying, God, why are you taking too long? God is saying, why are you taking too long? You keep sowing over there in the wrong field. I can't get you to do anything for my name, my glory to benefit others. And you think I'm the slow one? You're the slow one because I can't get you on my field, serving my purpose, planting my seed, doing my work. But you just want me to come over there. I ain't coming over there to that messed up, decaying, decrepit field you operating on. So you are delaying what I want to do. The opportune time is the divinely appointed intersection where God's purpose meets your planting and your good work. Dr. Tony Evans will return with a final story to wrap up today's message in just a moment. First, though, what we've been listening to is the concluding lesson from his series, Exploring the Judgment Seat of Christ. It contains eight messages in total, studying the function of our faith and the rewards we can expect when we turn our hearts and minds toward what really matters. As I mentioned earlier, this collection on CD or digital download is our gift to you, and thanks for your contribution to help us keep Tony's teaching on this station. And as an added bonus, we're including a copy of Dr. Evans' empowering booklet, Winning Your Spiritual Battles. But this special offer ends today, so don't put it off. Visit us right away at TonyEvans.org to make your contribution and request. And we'll get this special package sent your way. That's TonyEvans.org. Or call our 24-hour resource center at 1-800-800-3222 and let one of our team members help you. That number again, 1-800-800-3222. Regardless of how good things look on the outside, None of us is immune to the potential for unexpected disaster to wreak havoc on our lives. Tomorrow, Dr. Evans will point us to a man whose story can help you learn how to face life's toughest challenges with an unbending belief in God's love and purpose for your life. Right now, though, he's back with these final words. In closing, there was a a student, and he was really upset with his professor because his professor always had an answer for everything. He had an answer for everything. Everything. He said, I got to find something that he doesn't have an answer for. Then it dawned on him. I got it. I'm going to catch a little bird, little tiny bird, and put it in my hand. 
And I'm going to ask my professor, is this bird dead or alive? If he says the bird is dead, I'm going to open my hand and let the bird fly out. But if he says the bird is alive, I'm going to crush it in my hand and I'm going to kill it. So the bird will be dead. So either answer, I got him. He goes to his professor, Prof, can I ask you a question? I got a bird. Is this bird dead or alive? Is this bird dead or alive? Professor looked and looked. He said, son, the answer is in your hand. God is saying, sons and daughters, the answer is in your hands. You get to choose. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 